It's really good to be back on Search the Scriptures today. It's such a blessing for us to be able to open up God's Word and share all those rich teachings and truths with our listeners on a daily basis. We're thankful that you've tuned in to Search the Scriptures. We know that many of you do so regularly, frequently, some of you daily or just about daily. And we just appreciate you so much. And you are such an encouragement to us. We care about all of our listeners, whether you listen every day or only occasionally when you have the opportunity, or if you're listening for the very first time today. We care about you and we pray for you. We really do. We care about where you're at in your spiritual life, that walk before God. And we hope that as you study with us each day on this program, and as we get into God's Word on an in-depth and in-detailed basis, that you're learning His Word better and better, and that in so doing, you're coming closer and closer to Him, and that you're growing spiritually. And we hope and we pray that you're going to come to that point where you'll make the right decision about following God His way. What a blessing to be here to study today with both Dwayne Kennedy and Dennis Stackhouse. Dwayne, good to be with you, brother. Thank you, Gary. It's good to be with you. Hope that all is going well with our listening audience and that you are having every opportunity to study God's Word. Glad that you can listen again with us today and study with us again today. We are so fortunate to have the Word of God. Sometimes I believe we take it for granted. We have so many great things from God. But His Word helps us not only in our salvation, but in our immediate lives. And it all comes together for all the good things that God has in store for us. Even though we might have difficult times in this life, we can certainly endure them because of God's word. He doesn't teach us that he would necessarily take it away, but he'll bless us nonetheless, allowing us to be able to live in whatever trouble it is, and maybe it might even go away for us. But we can certainly learn about how we can live and serve God in a way that we can be pleasing to him so that we will have salvation. We should be thankful for the word of God, and I thank you all for listening to this program. It's good to be on the air again with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Duane and Gary. I am certainly very fortunate to be with you both on the program today, a time I really look forward to. And... I certainly want to express a word of welcome to all who are listening on on the radio today. Thank you for tuning in to Search the Scriptures. And I know as far as we're all concerned here on the program, we're ready to get back into the study. So let's go ahead and do so. And you know, this is a really basic study. It's uh, now in, in that we're trying to emphasize the power and instructiveness of the word. Mm-hmm. We're looking at different principles that are brought out in just clear-cut statements from Scripture that if we look at those and think about those and apply them to our lives properly, boy, they can make such a profound difference in our lives. Mm-hmm. They really help us and guide us and point us in the right direction. And, you know, that's the power of God's Word because it is his word. Now we've looked at several of these already. We've gone back just to, uh, by way of quick review, back to Numbers chapter 32 and verse 23, where Moses laid out this particular principle, 
be sure that your sins will find you out. And we talked about that and, and, and used some real life illustrations to get that point across that our sins will find us out if we don't repent of them and seek proper forgiveness for them. You know, sometimes people's sins find them out even though they do repent of them mm-hmm. and seek forgiveness. Yes. There are still consequences. Consequences. Mm, that's right. There are a lot of people in jails today who have become Christians after having gone to jail. Now, they've been forgiven of their sins, but they're still suffering the consequences of their sins mm-hmm. that found them out. Yes. Sometimes those events, once started into motion, cannot go in a different direction. They have to play out even to uh, difficult and even tragic ends. Yes, yes. Now, we also noted in Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15, that after Moses had led the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage, crossed the, you know, through the Red Sea, and then through the wilderness wanderings for a period of about 40 years or so, then Joshua led them across the Jordan River and through those battles of conquest for the promised land. And when they had subdued the land, they had defeated their enemies, then Joshua calls the people together, the land is theirs, and he says, Choose this day whom you will serve. Mm-hmm. He's calling to them, calling on them to make a commitment, to mm-hmm. make up their mind. Yes. Serve God. And of course they said, we're going to serve God. Mm-hmm. Now then he said, put the idols away from you. Mm-hmm. So they were still, even at this point, in spite of all that God had done for them, they were still dabbling in idol worship. Yes. And Joshua was calling upon them to stop that. We also looked at Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26, and we talked about how in that beautiful prayer that we need to draw from that the understanding that we are constantly and continually in need of God's blessings, Mm -hmm. and we ought to seek those blessings. Mm -hmm. We should. Now, of course, there is an area of responsibility that lies on our part in order, in order for us to be able to expect to continually receive God's blessings, particularly the most important ones, which are spiritual in nature, because those are found in Christ, Ephesians 1 and verse 3. And so we need to make sure that we're in that right relationship with Christ and through him with our Heavenly Father mm-hmm. in order for us to be able to look forward to and expect those spiritual blessings. That's right. We went then to Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. and uh, Or rather, I'm sorry, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. And uh, here at the end of that particular uh, book, wherein if we looked at it through much of the book, we'd say, Boy, that is a really negative message he keeps putting out there. And he's talking about all is vanity, vanity of vanities. Well, he's talking about life from the physical perspective. Mm -hmm. Then when he comes to the very end, chapter 12, verses 13 and 14, he says, here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. And in that conclusion, Solomon hit it right on the mark. He did. Now, you talk about a conclusion that all of us needs to grasp today, Mm -hmm. that's how we need to live. 
We need yes. to respect God and live obediently before him mm -hmm. if we want to have the best life that we can have and the assurance of eternal life when this life is over. That's right. Fear God and keep his commandments. Now, let's turn to another one. And uh, uh, let's turn to Micah chapter 6 and look at verse 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? You know, to walk humbly with God. What do you suppose that means? To walk in lowliness. I, I know that requires additional definition. It's a, it's a letting self down uh, instead of, in contrast to lifting self up. So in contrast of exalting ourselves, right. it is humbling ourselves. Yes. We get the idea of what Christ did, leaving the heavenly realms and coming to earth in the form of a man. And even more than that, humbling himself to the point of death on the cross, as we are taught from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Mm -hmm. Now that is the ultimate example of humbling ourselves, isn't it? That's right. What mm -hmm. Christ did. Yes, really is. You know, another way we might think of this, Gary, it, it might help our listeners, is consider taking ourselves off the throne of our lives and putting God there. That's a good way to put it. And that's his rightful place. A lot of people might have to stop and think about what you just said, Dennis. <laughs> because they don't think about themselves as sitting on God's throne in their lives. But that's exactly what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're living self-willed, self-consumed lives. Yes. They're calling the shots. They're making their own decisions. They're mm -hmm. doing what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And they're living by their will rather than by God's will. Right? Yes, they're leaving God out of the picture. And that is what you're describing there as mm -hmm. sitting on God's throne mm -hmm. in their lives instead of letting God sit on that throne. That's right. Now, that is a pathway of self-destruction. Yes, it is. I wonder how many people think about their lives as they're living them as being a lifestyle that takes God and puts him in the second place and exalts themselves and puts them in God's place. I would suspect that a lot of people do not think about that. Yeah, yeah. Now, that we might call careless, careless self-exaltation. But there are a lot of people who go beyond that. They're not, it's not just the idea that they're not thinking about not giving God his proper place in their lives. They're arrogant yes. in their lives. They're arrogant in their self-willed uh, proclamations of what they're going to do with their lives. And they use other people to exalt themselves as if the other people were stairs that they were climbing. Mm. They look at themselves as superior in their arrogance. And this is a terrible, mm. terrible state mm. of mind. Yeah. 
So many people, so many people are arrogant to the point that they absolutely disrespect God. Now, some of them actually come out and make that kind of statement in one form or another. Some of them, they may not be quite egotistical enough to make that statement, but they, in their actions, demonstrate it. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some who go even beyond that, and they just deny God altogether. Just, I don't believe it, God. That's, that's what mm-hmm. they say. Right. And you know, that's quite the opposite of what Jesus was intending in Matthew 16, verse 24, where he said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And that is the idea of taking self off the throne of our lives and putting God there. Yes. Jesus said, if we want to truly follow him, we need to deny ourselves. And that's hard for people to do. It really is. And, you know, on the careless side again, I think there are a lot of people who just don't think about it, mm-hmm. what they're doing a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And they're pushing God into second place. They're just putting him out of their minds, doing what they want to do. Now, that is, in essence, exalting themselves into God's place Mm -hmm. in their lives and de-emphasizing God. Yes. And that, again, is a pathway of self-destruction. Yes, it is. We need to be very, very careful about that. Uh, How about reading James chapter 4 and verse 10? Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Give us the sense of that. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Well, I don't know if I can give a technical sense, but as I would understand that, Gary, I believe that James is telling his readers and us through that writing as well, that if we will live submissively before God, if we will deny ourselves and follow him, then at the proper time, God himself is going to be the one to exalt us. And really, when we stop and think about it, who better to exalt us than God himself? Yes, yes. Go back to verse 6 there in that fourth chapter. What does that say? But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If we read a statement like that about how God sees the humble Mm -hmm. in comparison to the Mm self-exalted, and we see that he gives more grace to the humble, Mm -hmm. but resists the proud, if we're smart at all, we ought to conclude, I want to be among the humble before God. Right. That should definitely be our conclusion. Yeah, and it really is not a hard decision to make, is it? Mm -mm. If you're looking at it simply from a logical perspective, it ought to be fairly easy for us. Mm -hmm. Dwayne, how about turning to 1 Peter chapter 5? 1 Peter chapter 5. And let's study a little bit more about this. 1 Peter chapter 5. And how about reading verses 5 and 6 there for us? And Peter addresses this very subject himself. Seems what does like he say? 
Many of our writers uh, were very wise to do yes, that for us. Yes. Verses 5 and 6? Yes. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Well, look at that, that particular figure of speech. Clothe yourself with humility. You know, I think a lot of times, a lot of people, one of the problems they have along this line of humility and trying to let that exemplify their lives is that they think humility is a negative thing. Hmm. Maybe they associate it with being humiliated. Hmm. We're not talking about that. Not at all. Yeah. But we're talking about a frame of mind wherein we say, you know, hey, I'm putting myself again below God. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, his will needs to be my will. And I want to submit my will to his will. Mm -hmm. But when we're overly proud and arrogant mm -hmm. and we're elevating ourselves, we've got some real problems potentially there. Mm -hmm. And we need to be careful that we don't let ourselves fall into that, that particular trap. And you know, Gary, when, when we truly embrace this spirit of humility that the scriptures you know, constantly encourage us to do, we're imitating Christ in a very real sense. You know, there are really only one passage I can call to mind where Jesus describes himself for us. And that's in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. And there he tells us he is gentle and humble in heart. And he's God the Son. He's God the Son. If we want to be imitators of Christ, as we should be according to 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, we need to be gentle and humble in heart. We do. Paul, when he was writing to the Romans in Romans chapter 12, again, he's laying out a mindset, a frame of mind in how to conduct ourselves as Christians particularly in relationship to other Christians. And it's interesting what he says in verse 16 of Romans chapter 12. How about reading that for us? Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. You know, he uses about three different figures of speech there or expressions to get across the same point. You need to be humble. You need to humble yourselves. Interesting. Do not set your mind on high things. Right. Now that's the idea. Don't be proud, mm -hmm. overly proud, self-exalted. Associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Mm -hmm. All three of those expressions point to the same lesson and truth mm -hmm. that right. he's trying to get across to us. You know... You might think also of that, that occasion where the two men were praying. Mm -hmm. They went to the temple to pray. Mm -hmm. Was it in Matthew chapter 6? Luke 18. Luke 18, mm -hmm. okay. And um, 
the, the text says that one of them, the Pharisee, stood, and I don't know that it says this proud, but that's the way he was standing. And he says, God, I'm thankful that I am not like other men. <laughs> yes. And then he even references one in particular, this tax collector. Yes. And then the other man had exactly the opposite frame of mind, didn't he? He really did. And uh, the way Jesus related this account to us in Luke 18, verse 13, he described the tax collector this way. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. The sinner. The sinner. And he beats his breast, won't even look toward heaven. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, God, be merciful to me. Boy, that incredible. The other one, I'm thankful that I'm not like these other men, God. <laughs> yes. He's always self-touting, you know. Telling God what he was made of. <laughs> yeah. And this other one says, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. My, what a difference. The one is self-exalted, and the other one is exemplifying humility. And you know the conclusion Jesus gives there for us, Gary, is very telling. Yes, In it verse is. verse 14, he said, I tell you, this man, speaking about the tax collector, went down to his house justified rather than the other. The one who is humble. Yes, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Boy, we struggle with this. And I know that many of our listeners may be struggling with this right now or have had a struggle with this in their lives, either in a relationship with somebody else or maybe their own lives personally, trying to get a handle on this humility that we are taught repeatedly in Scripture that we need to exemplify before the world around us and before God. Ultimately, it comes down to walking humbly with your God, as Micah put it in Micah 6, verse 8. And in order for us to do that, we have to submit to God's will. We've got to live by his teachings. We've got to be obedient to him. We'd love to send you that free Bible study that we always offer. We'll take care of the postage. It will help you learn how you need to submit your life to God so that you can walk humbly with him and before him on a daily basis. Why not take advantage of the opportunity and contact us right now?